In a world where magic is everywhere, monsters are real, and inhibitions are non-existent, Atlantis is the most coveted destination, and pirates make all the rules. That's right. The Dangerous Tides Kickstarter is live. We're bringing you six brand new books from authors like Katie Robert and C.M. Nascosta. These ultra-spicy fantasy books feature sirens, kidnappings, aliens, disguises, monsters, sex magic, second chances, and so much more that can't be mentioned in polite company. They combine otherworldly adventure with sweeping romance in a way that will keep your heart racing from start to finish. By backing the Kickstarter, you can read these books this month. Of course, we've also got foiled special editions with sprayed edges in hardback and paperback, gorgeous art, and swag, which you'll have in your hands this fall. The Kickstarter will be over in the blink of an eye, so don't miss it. This is the only place you can get these special editions and swag, not to mention getting the ebooks five months earlier than they're available to anyone else. This is your invitation to unlock the secrets of Atlantis. So click the link in the show notes and enter at your own risk. Welcome to Bonkers Romance, the podcast that celebrates authors who really go there. I'm Melody Carlisle. And I'm Jenny Nordback. We've been so excited by everyone joining our members community, the Temple of (laughs) Defiant Joy. Heads up to everyone at our celebrant tier that a survey is going to be going out next week to vote on what you want our first piece of custom art to be. You'll be picking between the first five books that we've covered, so there'll be one more to come next week, and that is a fucking epic set of choices. Oh my god, like next week I can't even begin to wrap my brain around the smoke monster that could be created. There's masquerade masks, sex clubs, god, we got goddamn spider aliens, prison planets, listen, they're orcs. Don't I forget can't. the orcs. I, I will never forget the orcs. And their tree trunks, the baby trees they're packing. Listen, the art's going to be not safe for work, probably. <laughs> Maybe that should be in the survey. Do you want yeah. it to be safe for work? Yeah, do, we really should do Would that. Would you like to put this in your office? Yeah, are you consenting to big baby tree dicks? <laughs> but yeah, and remember that if you aren't in a place where you can afford being part of the temple right now on our website we have a membership assistance form that you can fill out you'll go on a wait list and the next time we have a donated membership we're not only going to give that away but we're also matching that to make sure that more people can join the community so head over there yeah we've already been adding people that way and it's been exciting to see it makes me so happy yeah it's something that we couldn't do with patreon so it's it's a good feeling to be (laughs) finding ways to do that yeah okay so this week we have got hold by claire kent and we're joined by abby jimenez so let's go
Yay! Oh my gosh, we are joined by Abby Jimenez. Hello! Hello! Yay, we're excited. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Hi, Abby. It's been forever since I've actually talked to you. I know. Um, It it was like right before COVID hit. I saw you in California um, at the Romans thing. And that was the last time I've seen you. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that That was a a while ago. It was a good book launch. Yeah, it was. They, that they was well I think that was my like last actual in-person book tour stop, which is so sad. I've put out two books now in the middle of a pandemic. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm glad I got a little taste of like what it's like before, you know? So I yeah. sure I have something to aspire to again, but yeah. It's yeah. boring. Abby has such good <laughs> fans. Like Abby's readers are the fucking coolest. No, they really they so are. They're the best. Like it, awesome. it's weird how like each fandom kind of has a personality. And when you interact with enough of them, you can start to pick out what those personality traits are. And yours are just like joyful. And I love it. I know. Oh. My my group is so non-problematic. Like it's my favorite place on the internet. They are just drama-free and super supportive. Like if somebody in the group says, my book got wet and I and I can't afford to buy another one. There's like 10 people in the comments. I'll send you a book. I'll send you a book. I'll send you a book. Like, oh, just, my God. It's like the most supportive, generous group of people. I can't even believe that I found them all and put them in one place. That's awesome. What's the group called? Um, it's called the Friend Zone by Abby Jimenez Discussion Group. I love it. Yeah. I do a lot of giveaways in there and stuff, but it's just so cool. And we've we've got all these little like traditions that we do in there like we do a traveling arc program when I get advanced copies of my books I share them in the group like a little group library before the book comes out nice yeah so it's it's pretty fun that's really really strong community yeah so Abby bonkers when we kind of came at you with this idea yeah the podcast wasn't out yet and we were like we're doing a thing and like (laughs) will you come do it even though it might sound a little banana pants a little Um, off the walls (laughs) what so you've maybe had some time to think about like what counts as bonkers to you what makes you when you're reading a book be like that is bonkers Okay, so this is going to maybe shock you, but a lot of things are bonkers to me because I am so vanilla in the books that I read. So, I mean, like like a book like Twilight is bonkers to me. And I have never... I mean, Twilight fair. is legit bonkers. Yeah, that's oh, fair. It is, it is pretty bonkers, yeah. <laughs> that's... But like, I have never read a book where like it's a romance off the planet. I've never read like a sci-fi romance. I've never read an alien romance. I, I oh know. And I didn't tell you this before, like you guys asked me on, but like when I was listening to the, um, you know, the Sarah McLean and, you know, the Sierra Simone podcast, I was like, I have never read books about like alien spider heroes or like alien. <laughs> hero. Like I, I was like, oh my gosh. So this was so, this was like such a fun activity for me because it, I don't want to say it like pushed me outside of my comfort zone. Cause it's, it's not that I, I, I'm not comfortable with it. That's not why I don't read yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I have to read a lot of rom-coms just because like I get a lot of blurb requests. And then it's like when I'm not doing blurbs, I just want to have like a brain rest where I'm not like, you know, reading romance. And so I'll just read like nonfiction. So this was so cool because it really like put me um, into it. It like catapulted me into like a whole different side of the genre. And I freaking love it. Like I, oh my gosh. And I was just saying like this podcast, this is the podcast that needed to happen for people like me because I oh. never, I never thought that I'd be like, I got to get that, that spider romance book. You know? <laughs> but after, like it was so like the, the whole podcast and the way you guys talk about it. And it just, you know, 
I want to read these books now. Like I want to go and read every book that I've listened to on the podcast. It's just so cool. Oh that my is gosh. The coolest compliment. Holy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This is the, you're like, wow, this is like everything I've wanted the podcast to do. So, wow. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. yeah. It's like I, there's this thing that brings me joy. And yeah. if I just try and explain it to someone, if I'm like, I've read a spider romance, I think you would like it. They'll be like, you are out of your mind. It's not right. happening. But if you can like show them why it's so full of joy, maybe they'll join you on the journey. Yeah. Yes. And that is 100% what you guys did. Like, I, I feel like I am your, um, I don't know, what is it like? I, I, I am definitely the audience that you were converting. I will tell you that. Oh. Because I 100% am going to read all three of the books from the previous podcast that I listened to. It's so engaging. And it's like, you know, you're, you're listening to somebody talk about it for a whole hour. And it just makes you want, it makes you want to read it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's our master plan. We're, we're just trying to, we're trying to sell romance to everyone. We're trying to promote romance everywhere. (laughs) I'm so glad I didn't know that going in because when I was suggesting books to you, I probably would have been really timid about it and been like, this is like bonkers light. Instead, I was like, here's a fucking prison hold planet. Like, yeah, (laughs) let's just do the thing. Well, that's what was fun about it, though, because I would have never reached for that book. You know what I mean? And that's not really the kind of books that my editors are sending. My editors send sure. me a blurb. You know what I mean? So I would have never reached for that book unless it was like part of a you know a thing that I was doing. And I was like, I freaking like this. I was emailing him like, I love this book. This is so yeah. And it is sometimes it's it's a little bit shocking. You know what I mean? Like, I, it's funny to me because um, before, like, really, like, doing Heaving Bosoms and really, like, launching myself into this world, I didn't know that my ultimate comfort, happy place is alien erotica. <laughs> I didn't know that about myself. And it's kind of like, I wouldn't have thought that. I would have been like, you know what I should reach for? I should reach for a small town romance. But it turns out my favorite way to do small town romance is with the ice planet bar- barbarians. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it's something that that just makes me the happiest and I, I wouldn't have known it had I not been forced, well, not forced, but like had it not been wrecked so of, hard yeah. to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I yeah. totally agree. And honestly, when Ice Planet Barbarians was so like viral on TikTok, that made me want to read it too. But I have to say this podcast did more for that genre than even TikTok did for Ice Planet Barbarians because the whole- oh, we're stronger than you, TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> I, honestly, like it, I am, I am so converted. Like I'm so converted. Yes. Oh, I'm so I love it. Up. Okay. So the book, the book is called Hold by Claire Kent. Okay. And I have to give Lee Kramer from, actually, you know Lee really well, yeah. Abby. Um, so Lee Kramer is the one who finally like nudged me into reading this the other day. It had been on my list forever. And I just never got around to it. Everybody was like, Jenny, this book is for you. And I was like, okay, okay, whatever. And then Lee tweeted about it and was texting me. And she was like, I just, you know, like, maybe give it a try. And like Mm -hmm. two hours later, I was texting her like, I just finished it. (laughs) (laughs) One of those books that you open and then you don't look up. (laughs) Amazing. Yeah, we were driving back from camping, and I genuinely don't think I looked up from the start to the finish of the book. Like, I can't even normally read when I, we're in the car. I get yeah, car yeah, sick, yeah. and I just was so absorbed. I had no idea where I was. Well, and I did the audiobook 
And it was, oh. if you if you like audiobooks, it's a quick read. It's like a four and a half hour book. And I like to speed them up. So it's even faster than that. Oh, yeah. And I just loved it because it like, it just started right away. Like it was like, yeah. you're in the fucking prison. <laughs> like, no. Okay. So this has one of the best opening, like couple of lines in a book ever. Oh my so God. tell me everything. The start of the book is find the strongest man there. Give yourself to him in return for protection. It's the only way you'll ever survive. Okay. okay. I had no idea what the book was even about. <laughs> and I was just like, <gasps> someone has about. just like stabbed me in the id. Like, <laughs> uh-huh. I'm here. I'm with you. <laughs> I'm ready to go. So we're in this like futuristic space setting unclear not important sure she is an archaeologist who like filed her paperwork wrong accidentally dug somewhere she wasn't supposed to be and the coalition who's like the ruling group cracked down on her for some reason hard and in the coalition space they don't have like a court that doles out different punishments like you if you get a sentence there is only a life sentence and you get put in a prison hold for the rest of your life like does not matter what the crime was any crime that gets prosecuted it's a life sentence in a prison hold that seems harsh and very inefficient oh it gets (laughs) it gets (laughs) they don't segregate the prison so it's it's they throw these women in with the male inmates and these it's you know, and it doesn't matter what they did. No, nope. so there's got, no like yeah. gen pop and maximum security no. and stuff. And there's no, no parole and there's no like oh, shit. They dump you in this hold and that's where you die. And if you are it's like this, dark, it's dark. And if you Whoa. are a woman, you're going to basically. Yeah, you're not going to make it till morning. Like they're going to put you into the prison and you'll be dead by morning. Like it's that it's that bad. And not like a uh, nice dead. No, not a mm. not a quick dead. No, no, no. Yeah, no. so it's like, that is fucking dark, and parts of this book are really dark, yeah, but yeah. it's, the romance is, like, shockingly soft, given mm-hmm. how dark the circumstances cool. are, so, yeah, okay, so, I love a she, juxtaposition at the beginning like of the book, Ugh. has, like, just been dropped into the, like, control room where the guards are, and they're kind of, like, threatening to, like, take her for a test run, and Davis, oh, uh, the guy in charge, like, backhands them and is like, we follow the rules, like, I don't really care what happens to her, but we don't do that. So he's the one who then, like, leans down and whispers the thing about, like, find the strongest man there, it's the only way you're gonna survive, like, yeah. offer yourself to him. So... He, like, puts her in the transporter, and they, like, fly down into the prison hold. Um, And he shows her, like, two kindnesses the only way that he can. One is to tell her that, like, the advice that the only way you're going to survive is to, like, give yourself to a guy. And then he, like, takes her on a little lap of the hold to, like, check it out before he dumps her in there so she can kind of He lets her do some recon? Yeah, yeah. Wow. What a guy. Wow. He was like, no... We're not raping today. And then I'm just going to take you on a little walkabout so that you can, you know, get the lay of the land before you spend the rest of your life in this um, prison. Great, great, great. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So we learn that, like, it's it's like a prison planet and they're, like, at the bottom of a toxic ocean in this hold. Like, there's no escaping. Whoa. uh, Like, without going on the transporters and... Food comes twice a day, but he makes some kind of comment about, like, obviously it doesn't go around equally. And then he points out, like, this big alpha guy and says, like, that's Thorn. 
he's someone to pay attention to. In other words, like, you should probably give yourself to that guy. Okay, yeah. Make a beeline for Thorn. Yeah, but Abby... Thorn is is not so great. Thorn is surrounded by a harem of women who do not look well and do not look happy. Oh and, no! Yeah, like yeah, and she sees that and she's just kind of like, oh god. Um, but she sees another guy who's in this cell that actually has bars on it because not most of the cells don't actually have bars. And she sees him and he's in there by himself and he's got a toilet and he's got running water, which are like luxuries of the hold. The only private bathroom in the whole hold. Oh my God. You obviously, this is, this is the correct choice. I don't know what those abused ladies are doing. This is the right choice. Wow. And yeah. nobody's like going in there. So you know that like he's he tough enough in there. Yep. Wow. But how to get that guy's attention, in. you know, like uh, that, that was, yeah, she had, she had to take some risks when she <gasps> was released into the prison. Whoa. Yeah. So she gets like dumped into the prison hold. Okay. She's kind of seen this guy, but she gets dumped into the middle of the prison hold. And like a guy tries to immediately cop a feel and she like punches him. Great job. And then. Thorn comes like swaggering over and everybody gets out of Thorn's way. And he's like, you've got a choice here. Be my woman. Do what I tell you. I'll keep you safe or refuse. And I'll turn you over to the rest of them. Wow, Thorn. Wow. He's a real classy guy. So she like locks eyes with the the guy who's in the cell. Yeah. And is like, she's kind of trying to be like, dude, do something. And he turns his back on her. Or no, she wow. punch, She kicks Thorn. And okay. then she like looks up to see what the guy in the cell is doing, and he's turned his back on her. And it's like, oh, she's made poor choices. Um, <laughs> wow. I love that so she Thorn kicks starts Thorn, to though. like drag her by the hair, and then suddenly she's released, and the guy has come out of his cell and is like throwing down for her. Wow. This is quite the 180. Um, so <laughs> did he even see the initial thing or was he just like mm, get away from me and then and then he was like thorn can't do this again <laughs> like not again there, there was you know. a connection there you know okay like he he saw her and he it, he says later in the book that he was attracted to her humanity because you, when you're dumped in the hold you lose your humanity like everybody in there has lost has lost that and so he sees her and she's like this breath of fresh air and she still has her humanity and it's like he wanted to preserve that so wow okay so he comes out and he gets her yeah he beats the shit out of thorn conquers thorn takes her by the shirt and drags her back to his cell oh like oh gosh he has conquered the alpha i love a neanderthal move (sighs) um so then like now they're locked in the cell together he like tells her she can use the bathroom she's like i'm rihanna and he's like okay does not tell her his name (laughs) We don't know his name at this point. Oh, my gosh. And so she thanks him. And he says, do you think I helped you out of the goodness of my heart? And this, to me, I think in so many books, it's really difficult to pinpoint what the bonkers is. Like, it's not Mm. just the setting. It's not just the whatever. It's like those, like, risky choices that the author takes that most authors would be scared to take. And this is it for me. When I got to this point, I assumed that she was going to make him the exception. Like, he would be the noble guy who, like did not immediately have sex with her and kind of like gave her time or gave her space or like let her decide. Nope. (gasps) This guy is like, 
I did you a favor. Now you're going to fuck me. <laughs> wow. And she's okay. pretty practical. You know, Rihanna's like, that's that's the deal. Like, Fair enough. I mean, she's she's not happy about it, but she's like, you know, like she was she's a very level headed, practical woman. And she's just like, I knew that that's that was my key to survival. And that's what I was going to have to do. So let's do it. And like she's attracted to him. Yeah. She acknowledges that in the past, like she's had sex with people she doesn't really know that well either. Totally. Like she's in these circumstances, she's gonna do what she has to do. So I just I felt like that was such a brave choice for the author. It is. Where like Mm. you've then really gotta play it right for us to be on his side. Oh yeah. You're riding a fine line there. Oh yeah. my gosh. And and it's and you're right, Jenny. It's like that razor's edge where you're like, is this I don't I like you you have to you have to like step outside of yourself and watch your own reactions and really do a lot of like self-reflection as you're reading. Oh, I love that. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so like he tells her to take her clothes off. Okay. She's yep. naked, she's scared, she kind of whimpers, and he's like, I don't get off on pain. Like, he's trying to reassure her a little bit. Yeah. So here's where we really start to like him. Like, okay. he's a sex, sex-starved man in a prison hold. He's got her naked. She's, like, completely at his mercy. What would most men do? Just, I mean, like, we stick know. it in there and do the thing, right? They would jackhammer away, and it would no, be horrendous. Melody. No, he not this starts, guy. He goes straight for the clitoris. <gasps> Get it! <laughs> I, oh, I was going to say, get it, his name. And we don't know his name yet. I kind of love that, too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, does he go for the clitoris with his digits or his tongue? Digits at okay. this point. All right, cool. And tongue comes later. But, yes, <laughs> at this point, he's like, he wants her to be into it. And, like, when she's making noises to indicate that she's into it, he's, like, super into that. Yay. So... Oh, Abby, did you like this part, too? There's, like, guys staring through the cell bars, like, other prisoners trying to watch. And they Mm -hmm. say something, and they're kind of freaking her out. So he, like, growls at them to back off, and they do. See, and here I was reading, like, alpha male, like, billionaire romances when there was this. It's like, I couldn't (laughs) read it, you know? (laughs) It's like, you can't write this shit in a modern world because the stakes have to be high enough to justify him behaving like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like, I believe this this reaction more than if I would have read it in a contemporary romance. For sure. Oh, completely. No, he would would be a straight up villain, criminal, irredeemable. But in this setting, (laughs) kind of sexy hot. Listen. (laughs) Yeah. And she did, the author did such a good job with the sex scenes. Like they are just, and it's like, how do I say this? It didn't feel gratuitous. Like, okay. You know what I mean? Like sometimes it feels a little gratuitous to me and this didn't like it, it felt like perfectly paced with the story that we were reading. And like, it was just so good. Like all of it. There's characterization in there in little ways, like how into and how in tune he is with like her reactions and Mm -hmm. like how, willing she is to trust him and like there's a lot of subtle character development that's happening in the sex scenes and they're so good I even made note of that when I was reading it where I was like there's no way I can like explain how good the sex scenes are you guys are just gonna have to go read them yeah you have to go read them I mean I'm going to (laughs) so then like 
they they fucked and like it's hot. They were both into it. Totally. And then the lights go out. It's okay. it's lights out. Like it is complete darkness in the entire prison hold at nighttime. And she's okay. like kind of freaked out, kind of scared, but like doesn't want to piss him off. So mm. she's like making a move to go sleep on the floor because she's like, I don't know if he wants me in his bed. Like this is uncomfortable, but he's like my protector at this point. I will do anything to not piss him off. Yeah. So she's kind of like getting off the bed and he's like, what are you doing? And she's like, I'm going to go sleep on the floor. And he's like, you don't want to do that. And he like puts her against the wall. So he's like cocooning her. Okay. We've got a cocoon situation. We've got a little snugglesaurus rex over here. I'm very into it. Wait. So did did the other prisoners, so they were watching and he like growled them away. Very nice. But there's no, there's no like privacy, right? It's just bars. Okay, so this is like his way of of shielding her completely from the rest of the population. Got it. I love this. It's partly that, but it's partly he has like a claustrophobia thing. Like he doesn't like to be boxed in. Okay, and that gotcha becomes relevant again later. Cool. Yeah, there's there's really no there is no privacy in the hold, and that's one thing. Like pretty much everything they do is anybody can see what they're doing in there. There's no. There's there's no curtains. There's no walls. There's no, yeah. That that, that took a little getting used to for her. Uh huh. Well, and there's like nothing for the other prisoners to do either. So them <laughs> yeah. having sex or doing whatever they're doing is like entertainment. It's basically pay per view. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just paid with your life. You know. That's all. Yeah. So she like wakes up still in the dark, kind of turned on, and they do it again. Yeah. I don't know if she actually had an orgasm the first time, but this time is, like, really good. And the line is, but their blind groping half-asleep coupling might have been the best fuck of her life. Like, oh! It's good. Yeah, you just have I this, love like, it. you're like, God, this place sucks. It's horrible. It's so awful. But this is really good. Yeah. <laughs> It's like she managed to find, like, the best sex in the entire universe in this prison. (laughs) I mean, what a silver lining. So this is the point where (laughs) they've had really good sex, and now he decides he's going to tell her his name. Okay. She's earned it. She's earned it. Okay. And he says, I'm Kane. Kane is Mm -hmm. his name. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then it's, like, quiet again, and she kind of thinks he's gone back to sleep. And then just in the dark, she hears, why me? Like, he's obviously sitting, trying to figure this out. Oh. And her answer is, you're the strongest one here. I was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was very sexy. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yeah. So then it's daytime again. Okay. And she's, like, worried that he's going to decide he's done with her. And, like, sure. toss her out to Gen Pop again. Mm-hmm. So she's, like, desperately trying not to bother him. It's, yeah. it's almost like that early dating phase where you're just, like, trying to play it cool, but, you know, on steroids because the stakes are you get thrown to the wolves. Yeah. Huh? hmm <laughs> Then it's mealtime. And she, like, doesn't quite know what this is going to entail. So he, like, locks her in and says he's going to get them food. And she yes. can just hear, like, howling and, like, shenanigans happening out there. Like, it's a battle at every mealtime. And he comes back with, like, not only food for both of them, but he's gotten her, like, a bowl and utensils and a water bottle. <laughs> like, it's the ultimate <laughs> provider fantasy. Yeah. 
This is like this is like hunter gatherer provider like personal security like it's all all of it is here it's right here for us <laughs> shit and none of those things are easy to come by in the hold like you have to right. fight for every single thing like you want a fork you're gonna have to fight somebody for that fork you're gonna have to like weasel your way into getting a fork like you can't just there's not like a table of forks and you just go take what you need so anything he's getting her he's really getting her um through through much effort on his part Wow. So he was like, you said I was the strongest one here. And now I've got to live up to that. Really? <laughs> oh, so what yeah, I've got she's to do. like hungry. She hasn't eaten in a while. So she like scarfs her food down and he's kind of watching her and he's like, you want more? And she's like, it sounds like the food is gone. Like it's sort of settled outside. And he's like, I can get more. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) And she says there was something dangerous, almost predatory about the way he said the words. And she's into it. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, everybody's into it. We're all into (laughs) it. Oh, is this a um, single POV book or do we ever get his head? Nope. Single POV. Cool. Okay. That's nice. All right. Yeah, it works really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, it's kind of gutsy on the part of the author. Yeah. Because she has no way to rationalize to like, this. Yeah. She's not softening him. She's Ugh. not showing us his like doubts or his guilt or whatever. She's got to do it all from the heroine's POV. Yeah. This is this is risky business. And I love it. She's taken some yeah. big swings. Yeah. All right. So there's like nothing to do. So, like, and this is the part that sounds probably most hellish to me. Like, he exercises (laughs) and she just kind of watches him. And then he goes for a run. He goes on, like, daily runs. He runs laps around the hold to keep in shape because how else is he going to, like, provide for his pet now? (laughs) Oh, there's guys who are, like, saying nasty things to her through the bars and, like, taunting her and whatever. And she gets upset by it. So she goes and hides in the bathroom. Oh. And she's hiding in the bathroom when he comes back. And oh, he's and sort of he's... like, what's the problem? Yeah. <laughs> Nobody puts baby in the corner. Who did it? Well, so she tells him and his response is, you need to toughen up. Oh, shit. <laughs> he's not having it. stage advice where they're at because. Oh, I like it. I wasn't expecting that, but I yeah. love it. Okay. She has a moment where I think she kind of wants to, like, snap at him about it. But again, he's like, can't piss him off. Like, gotta gotta Mm -hmm. shut that down. Mm -hmm. But he can see that she's irritated and she can see that he thinks it's funny. Yeah. Like, his lip kind of quirks because she's so annoyed by it. So you get to see this, like, little bit of his sense of humor maybe peeking out. Oh. I kind of like that he shut her down like that because he didn't try and fix it for her. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he didn't go out there and like, you know, get everybody away from the bars or be like, I'll kill you if you, you know, leer at her or whatever. He told her what was honestly pretty practical advice in their situations. Like you're going to have to get used to it. Yeah. I was thinking that, that it's almost the way that it struck me when you said it was it's almost as if he's assuming that she can be his equal when up until this point, like, you know, it's, the whole situation has put them at this like power imbalance where she's completely dependent upon him for safety, for food, for everything. And yet he's looking at her and he's saying, but I know that you can, you know, raise up to, to the same level. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah. He, yeah. She can toughen up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
When it was like the first night was kind of like, all right, she's dealing with a lot. Like, yeah, I'm going to sort of give her some space. But now it's like, all right, I can't, you know, you're giving them too much power if you let them get to right. you. Right. And he doesn't assume that she's like fragile and, you know, just a wilting flower. And I, I kind of like that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So then there's like... She explains that there's nothing to do but fight for food, territory, and mates, the perfect circumstances for turning human beings into animals. Yeah. And that's, like, very much the theme of the whole prison hold concept. Hey, listener. In August, members of the Temple of Defiant Joy can look forward to lots of new bonus content, including more levels of the Monster Dungeon books and Jenny losing her mind over an escort movie. She should have fucked his dad. We've got three different art pieces in the works, and Joybringers now get access to the digital art. Celebrants will still receive prints in addition to digital access. August Bonkers Book Club includes Caught a Vibe by Eva Moore, a forced proximity romance between a sex toy designer and the hot tech writer who was the best one-night stand of her life. It has a sex toy right there on the cover, which honestly is the cartoon cover I've been waiting for. It doesn't come out until August 30th, but you can get your hands on it right now if you're a member of the temple. The other September book is a bundle of the first three books in Kit Rocha's Beyond series. It's a dystopian erotic romance series that will blow your mind. It's gritty and high stakes, but with lots of magnificent kink and polyamory. Now, back to the episode. So he's like tinkering with something, we don't know what. Um, he just like builds, he works on building this thing that he has in his cell. Um, and then he stops and is like, you want to go for a walk? And she's like, uh, as long as you think it'll be okay. And his spine stiffens. And he's like, assuming you think I can manage to keep you safe for a few minutes. (laughs) Oh gosh. She has offended him. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So they go on a walk. Uh, And he's, like, on the hunt for new parts for whatever he's tinkering with. And he, like, sees something that he wants. And instead of, like, fighting the guy and taking it from him, he uses this, like, diversion tactic and then gets it. And she kind of asks him about it. And he's like, why fight if you don't have to? Yeah. Yeah, use your energy wisely. such good characterization because he doesn't fight just for shits and giggles. He only will fight someone like Thorn for her. Like, mm-hmm. it makes that seem like a bigger deal. Yeah. Oh, and they, we see this, like, the cruiser come down into the hold at this point, and she thinks it's new prisoners, and this is, we learn that the only time they go out is once a year, each prisoner gets taken for an annual checkup. Like a, oh. a medical checkup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's like, there's, like, these advocacy groups that he mentions that are trying that try and make the prisoner's life a little bit better and they like demand certain living conditions. Mm. I, I can't even imagine what it'd be like if there wasn't the advocacy group. Yeah, right. It's pretty horrible. But they they require um yearly checks and then you know some of the things that they send down into the prison like forks, I think, was was also from the advocacy group. Um, you know, people wow. trying to people who who do not appreciate how the prison is run. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So now they're back in the cell. They got nothing else to do, so they're going to do it again. 
I mean, he's like, I think he maybe goes down on her here and then yeah. he like tells her to get on all fours and then he like gets her off again and then he starts fucking her from behind and yeah. she's like super into it and then realizes they have an audience and like there's guys leering and saying stuff and whatever. And again, like she's really thrown off by this. Yeah. And right in her ear, he tells her to ignore them. Like, mm-hmm. again, he's not going to he's not going to give these guys power by right. growling at them every time because that only makes they it more don't fun. have the power to bother him. Like, yeah. he's just going to ignore them. And does that work for her? She still manages to get off okay. a couple All times. Right. You know. Like, she's a little freaked by it, but she she is, like Abby said earlier, like, she is very level-headed about all of this mm-hmm. and, like, very practical about everything and, like, understands why he's saying it. She isn't yeah. like, oh, why doesn't he care about me? She, like, understands that it's because he can't right. weaken himself by, like, letting these guys constantly get to them. Yep. Oh, my note here is he's got that, like strong silent type with a hidden sense of humor thing going on it reminds Mm. me obviously the body type not so much but it reminds me of like keanu reeves where like you'll finally get him to crack but it's only like a half smile yeah they get this very teasing dynamic going where like they'll have sex and she'll come like seven times or something and then afterwards she'll be like yeah it was all right and Ah. he'll be like (laughs) (laughs) and then she'll be like i was faking it and uh, so then he'll like, oh, he got her off again. And at the end of it was like 47 seconds. And she's like, I faked that one too. <laughs> <laughs> and they're That's just really cute, cute together. Like, yeah. they find these sort of cute, teasing, playful moments of joy in the midst of that hell. Yeah. It's cool. And he never really tells her how long he's been in there, right? Like, I think at one point she assumes he's been in there at least a year but every time, like when they had all this great chemistry with each other and they're having so much fun together, I was like, God, imagine what this man's life was like before her. You know, like she was just must have been this torchlight in the dark. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. In, in these circumstances that he was in. Yeah, that's such a good point. Like for her, she, she's found this kind of safety net, but she mm-hmm. didn't ever have to deal with this without him. Right. Versus like he his humanity was kind of slipping Yep. Um, so then this, like, new guy gets dropped into the hold. Okay. Fresh meat. She's taken to, like, observing people and, like, the flow of the hold and whatever. So when she sees this guy, she thinks, like, he's not going to make it a day. And instead, like, nobody will challenge him. And he ends up taking over the cell across from them that's, like, prize territory. And, like, nobody can figure out what his deal is because he he's super charming, he's good-looking, but, like, he should not be wielding the kind of power that he is. Huh. He is a mysterious, a mysterious, handsome gentleman. Yeah. So he didn't—was anybody in that cell? Yeah. Like, do you see how he gets them out? It's not—it's— nope. No. All of a sudden, no. he's just there. Okay. You find out later how he's doing it. But at this point, totally. you're just like, who is this man? He's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just mysterious. Ooh. Very attractive. Yeah, and she calls him the player. The player, yes. Cute. So then they're out for a walk one day, and her shirt gets ripped, and like her breast is now showing, and she's really upset by it. And his response is like, it's like, what's the big deal? They've all seen you naked with my cock in your mouth. Like, yeah. I mean, why? Fair enough. 
<laughs> and so she like starts to snap at him as though she's going to like yell at him and mm-hmm. then like stops herself because she remembers like she can't make him mad. And he's like, why do you do that? And she's like, what? And he's like, cut yourself off. It drives me crazy. If you have something to say, just say it. So okay. like he has been, been aware that she's doing this. Yeah. And then she snaps back, like, you're the one keeping me alive. Like, of course I'm not going to fight with you. And he's like, you think if you say the wrong thing, I'm going to toss you out to be torn apart? You think I'm that kind of animal? Wow. He's pissed, like, livid. She's never seen him this mad. Wow. I mean, I don't blame him, really. So then she, like, turns her back. Or, no, he turns her his back on her just to, like, he needs a minute to himself. Like, he's not leaving her. He just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Needs a fucking second, but can't walk away because they're in the middle of the hold. And so when he turns his back, she, like, storms off to go back to the cell by herself. Oh, no. Are there yeah. any Velocitigers in here, Jenny? Just out of curiosity? Not, not that I'm aware of, but that might <laughs> okay. be better than, like, men. <laughs> so, Abby, do you want to... Take over what happens when she flees. Uh, exactly what you would expect would happen. God. Like the closest uh, predatory male snatches her and drags her off to rape her. Um, uh, yeah. It, it, they don't rape her. Don't don't worry. Um, yeah. So this guy named Aspen, who I think was one of Thorne's lackeys from the very beginning, if I recall correctly, um, drags her off and is proceeding to um, take advantage of her and mm-hmm. finds him and, like, kills him. Just murders him, him dead. dead. Loses his like mind. he is a pulp. Yeah, I love it. Great. Yeah, just loses his mind and kills this guy. And we find yes. out later that this is the only person Kane has ever killed. So whoa, no, we don't know why Kane was put in the hold. We don't know why he was put in the hold. I was wondering. We do that. know though that I mean, you can kind of get put in the hold for. And for digging at the wrong, you know, site, like, she, like, yeah, but it's kind of assumed that he's like this, probably the serial killer, or like, you know, some murderer or gang member or something that he's ended up in the hold in the first place. And he's not, um, he, the first person he's ever actually killed is this guy Aspen and he did it for her, which is like, wow. Super alpha male enjoyed it very much. <laughs> <laughs> When he struggles, he get they get back to the cell, and he's just, like, he's really, he's having some feelings, some man feelings. Like, he's just killed a guy. She almost got raped. Yeah. Like, they were fighting. He let her go off into the hold by herself. Totally. Like, there's a lot going on. And then, like, they have sex, but he feels bad about that because he thinks he's, like, forced Coercing her. her. So they have this kind of exchange of where she's like, no, I wanted it. Like, you didn't do anything I didn't want. And... It becomes clear, like, he is experiencing some guilt about the the power dynamic. Sure, sure, them. sure. Yeah. And part of me, like, that power dynamic is so hard to navigate, too, because to her point, she doesn't want to snap at him or go off on him because she is afraid that he's not going to like her after. And even yeah. though he's offended by that, I don't know personally if I was in that situation that I would be comfortable being my true bitchy self, you know, like, or like really laying into him and telling him what yeah. I Yeah. You know? So there still is that power dynamic there, even though he sa- he says he doesn't want it, you know? Right, right, right. Yeah. 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 Well, and like, he'd be, I'd be washing the dishes. He'd be getting the good blow jobs. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. <it's, laughs> 
If yeah. those are your two choices, that's super extreme. And you don't want to just take it for granted that he's fine with you in there for the rest of your lives. Right, like, that's right, his right. only personal space. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a very um, it's a very high stakes marriage upon like married at first sight situation. (laughs) (laughs) So then the next day when she's out for her run or when she's out for her run, when he's out for his run, um, the the mysterious guy across the way is kind of checking on her. Like, okay, okay." he's relieved when he hears that, like, she didn't actually get raped. Um, and when Kane comes back, Kane does not like this guy. He's already told her to like stay away from him because there's something not right about him. So when Kane comes back and he, this guy is talking to his woman, Kane tries to like deck him in the face, and the guy somehow like stops. Kane, like Kane s- <laughs> stops and like doesn't hit him, and he's like, Whoa. "What the fuck was that?" <laughs> he has superpowers. He is superpowered. So he's an empath, and I guess it's sort of alluded that the government has done away with all the empaths, you know, or whatever this, whatever his name is, Hall. Um, and he's sort of like the last of his kind, but he's got an extra gift on top of being an empath. Not only can he um, feel out people's emotions, but he can turn them. He so, can change it. So, yeah, he can flip it. So if somebody's angry, he can flip it and make them calm, but he can't maintain it for very long. He can only do it for like a couple minutes at a time. But that's yeah. how he's managed to get his cell. That's how he's managed to stay alive because anybody that's attacked him, he just he could see it coming and then he flipped it. So he's he's got a definite edge. I feel like Hall's getting his own book. I haven't looked ahead, but he Yeah, Hall's book too. Okay, yeah. Cause I was gonna say, like Oh, that's really, great. She really makes you interested in Hall. So Yeah, yeah. He's that f- kind of fun swaggering character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is like an even more extreme sigh changeling situation (laughs) they're like we're not even gonna lobotomize you and turn you into janitor robots (laughs) we're just gonna put you in the hold forever yep nice nice so then i don't know we where we are in time like it's been a couple days couple weeks what is time sure hold and she really he's like tinkering 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 and he's been tinkering with his contraption throughout this and he like from his demeanor she can tell that he's finished with it And then he suddenly starts acting weird and he like says he's going to go out for a walk, but she can't come. And she kind of like loses her shit because she's like, he's going to escape and leave me here. So she like freaks out and is like, don't leave me. And he's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I'm not going to leave you. Like he, again, is mortally offended that this is what she thinks he's going to do. Well, and she's like, you've been tinkering on what has to be a time machine. Okay. So like, (laughs) (laughs) take me with you. (laughs) Well, it's like, leave it to a man to not communicate. (laughs) Like he's like, this is that power dynamic. Like she's going to need if you want her to feel safe, like she's going to need a lot of communication. Like, what are you yeah, doing? Oh yeah. What's the plan? What's our, what's the future with me? How do you feel about me? And Kane is just not that guy. Like Kane is just, you know, brooding alpha male. He's like, doesn't, doesn't talk a lot. Doesn't share his feelings. So of course she's, you know, in this completely unequal power dynamic relationship, you know, that she feels is probably um, not a long lasting situation. And right. yeah. So when he, he's making it very clear, he's about ready to leave somehow. I love it how he's always so offended. He's like, well, I would never do that. It's like, well, you got to tell somebody that. What was she supposed yeah. to think? Yeah. I, I need I need evidence. Show me some empirical evidence, sir. <laughs> <laughs> or lie to me, something. Or lie. Yeah. 
do me the courtesy so, of lying to my face. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he goes and like plants his device and is like, I'll tell you what the deal is when I get back. And so he gets back and kind of explains to her like he's got this device. And I love she's so sparse with the unnecessary details. Ooh. Like she's such an efficient writer where mm. like I probably would have felt the need to explain so much of this. Like what is the device and yep. what's the elaborate plan and whatever. And she basically just leaves it as like it's a widget. And we accept that. We don't yep. need to know because the book is about the characters. Oh. And it's irrelevant. Yep. Huh. It's okay. so good. Feeling like, what's the device? Oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, whatever. It's meant to get you out. <laughs> yeah. Cool. It's going to, like, blow up or something. Yeah. We don't sure. know. He doesn't even really know exactly what it's going to do, <laughs> apparently. And so they've made a plan. They're going to escape the next day. And the cruiser shows up at the cell door, and it's time for Kane's annual checkup. <gasps> ah, I I had a feeling this was coming. Oh no! Yeah, so Kane gives her the key, and it, they come and they they take Kane out of the cell, and they almost take Kane with the key because he keeps it around his neck, which would have left her exposed and in the cell without being able to lock the door. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like right before they take Kane um, for his checkup, you know, he gives her the key and she's able to lock the door. And it was the same guard that showed her that showed her the mercy in the beginning. You know, that took her around and um, told her to attach herself to the strongest man. Right. Same guard that allowed Kane to give her the key. So he did her another solid there. Oh. And then we're kind of in this place where it's like, is he going to come back? Like, what if he doesn't come back? You know, because she can't go out and get her own food. She can't. Yeah. She can't leave without protection. So it's like this very vulnerable, like 24 hours of kind of like, you know, being kind of scared that he's not going to return to her. And then he does return and he's very clearly traumatized. Um, He tells her that, you know, some of the procedures that they did on him were um, painful, but it was that they, like they put him into a tube, like all this go through this sort of, it kind of sounds like an MRI tube type thing, but it's like hours. You're in this, you know, enclosed space where you can't move around. And he was in there all day and that's how they run these tests on him. Oh my gosh. Just very shaken and traumatized by that. Um, And then he tells her that as part of his plan, he kind of talked about, he talked about her purposely a lot to the guard because that guard has a crush on her. Like we've known that since the beginning, he's like interested in her. So Kane talks her up to this guard that took him for his testing, trying to get the guard to take her the next day for testing because now he can't stop. He's trying to like rile up the guard's heroic side by like objectifying her and like making it seem like maybe you know their relationship isn't as good as it is oh oh guard who who's got a crush on her wants to make sure she's okay and it's all part of kane's plan his all part of his escape plan to get her up you know wherever they do the testing so he's concocted this plan he's hoping that the guard's going to come the next day and swoop her up and take her next interesting and they decide at this point that they're going to pull Hall in on their escape plan. Ooh. Like that they cuz they don't exactly have a plan. Like they know they have a diversion. He's now kind of pulled Davis the guard in on it and thinks like Davis is going to come get her. Maybe that can somehow work, but they he's like going to wing it. Like they're flying they're by the seat and, of their pants. Yeah, they they don't really know how they're going to get out so they're like, "All right, this guy has superpowers. He's probably a good guy to have on the team." Yeah. <laughs> So they tell him, like, all right, be ready. We're going to do the thing. Okay. So then... The guard shows up, and he gets her um, and takes her up there. And he's 
Davis is, a, he's a professional. He's a professional. He wouldn't okay. use other guards uh, rape her in the beginning. And while he is clearly attracted to her and enamored of her, he's a professional. Um, he brings her up and starts like, you know, preparing her for this like physical examination. And she's trying to keep him from putting her through the tube as long as possible because she's waiting for Kane and Hall to do whatever it is they're going to do and then get up there and get her so they can escape. So she's kind of like chatting him up and like trying to keep him, you know, and like the preliminary parts of her physical examination before she gets tubed and then gotcha. she's gonna get out there. And then finally Kane and Hall show up. Yeah. Like the explosion goes off. Okay. She's sort of left strapped naked to a table. And then Kane and Don't Hall hate show it. Up. Don't hate it. <laughs> Uh-oh. Don't hate it. <laughs> they come and they get her. And then it was kind of like, I, this part went really fast for me. Then they're somehow in like a transport. They get in a transport and they're, they escape out of the hold. And now we have like this really like uncomfortable, tense, like, well, what now? Because... What 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 happens to their relationship now? Like she she no longer yeah. depend on him, and you as the reader start to realize that Kane is in love with her, and is afraid that now that she's no longer dependent upon him, that she's going to leave him, which is like this Aww. really I really like that switching dynamic, you know? Yeah, because she doesn't have to stay anymore, and um, this is sort of like a little like informational thing, but nobody, they're not really worried about, I mean, they're kind of worried about getting caught, but nobody really knows Kane's real name. That's not his real name. He never gave them his actual information. So there's a little bit of anonymity there. So they feel like they can just get to this one planet, you know, and then just get to a safe house. They can eventually just, you know, get new documents and then move on and go back to their lives. Cause no one even knows yeah. what to look for him. So he's afraid that once they get to this planet, she's going to go her own way and he's going to go. Oh, and it's like, Oh, cause you realize that he really did. He's really attached to her, you know? And it was probably yeah. like the hold and, and how much of his humanity that he lost. He didn't feel like he could tell that to her in there. Like he had to be this strong, almost like emotionless person when right underneath that he was, re- he was really falling in love with her. Oh my gosh. Well, and I, I think this is, this is really smart because I don't think, I don't think you can have an HEA if you stay in the hold, you know, because there's always gonna, I mean, not, not to like, not just because it's fucking miserable, no matter what, but uh, like from the power dynamic standpoint, there, there's going yeah. to be no moment where she can choose him for real. So I love yeah. this. This is great. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And this is what I meant by like, it gets really soft. Yeah. Yeah. Like the ending, the like, all right, they're out of the brutality of the hold now. And yeah. now you can really see the soft edges of Kane. You can see how soft their relationship is. Mm-hmm. And like, they get to be human beings now and, you know, like have a conversation. Wow. <laughs> decide what they're going to do with their lives. Yeah. So like all concerned and she goes and she takes the first shower i i'm telling you the whole time reading this i'm like so i'm like what if she gets a uti in this hold she's gonna die yeah you know because there's no soap in the hold there's no yeah like they have running water but there's no way to clean up so they're on this ship and it's like you see them getting their humanity back a little bit at a time you know they've escaped and she goes and she takes a shower and then they you know they get to this planet it's like you see them like be, you know, they're free again and they're becoming human again. Mm. And he's just so worried that she doesn't want to stay with him. And that's just, it's so, it's so hard. It's so sweet. Yeah. And how does, how does, um, how does Kent achieve that without his inner monologue? 
like h- how can the how can the, like Hall she is know? leaving and she lets he comes and says goodbye and I think okay. Kane is like sleeping or showering or something and so she lets him know like you know uh, Hall left he said to say goodbye whatever and he's like oh you know I thought you would have gone with him and then like he's kind of talking to her about like well you know. I'll get you transport to your family. Like, just tell me where you want to go and I'll make sure you get there. But he's not, we as the reader can pick up on the cues of like he's sort of stiff and awkward and doesn't really know what to say. But obviously she doesn't really know. And it's Hall who can read feelings, who is like, he is fucking gone for you. Like, I've never seen a man feel the way he does about a woman like he is just gone for you and he's torn up with guilt because he thinks he like forced this on you oh yeah so hall says to like tell him not to feel guilty and whatever so that kind of triggers the conversation between them man empath conduit like that Yeah. yeah it turns out he's like a farmer so he has a farm still on this like remote planet and they go off to his farm together for their HEA. Oh, oh my gosh. Do we ever find out why he was in prison? Um, he was a bit of a playboy. And there's not a lot of ladies on his farm planet, I guess. So he would go to other planets where it sounds like I got like the the nightclub vibe. Like you would go to other planets. You planets <laughs> that are like Vegas, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he went and he messed around with the wrong woman who had an important husband or had an important boyfriend or whatever and ended up getting tossed in the hold wow yep look the dick was too good from the beginning you know (laughs) that's a rough life poor Kane (laughs) I really liked that nobody we're not worried about them because she made it very clear nobody knew who he was he didn't yeah like he didn't give a real name so nobody's gonna come for them on their little ranch planet you know it's like they really do get this this HEA and she is sort of an orphan. When she finds Kane, it's like, it really is like an HEA. Cause now she's got, she's got her, her person. Oh, I love yeah. it. That yeah. did really end very it soft. Did. It did. And she wrapped yeah. it up so well. And it was like this really just very powerful, like got the job done four and a half hour audiobook. She did a really good job. Like I think Jenny nailed it when she said that, like she does not waste time, like explaining things that don't need to be explained. Yeah. Like, I loved how right from the very beginning, we just dove right in. We're in the hold. You know, we don't need a lot of backstory on how she got there, what she did. It's like, we're there. It was Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I feel like it should be required reading for all romance authors because it is a masterclass in efficient writing. Whoa. I agree. Characterization and just like really sticking to what's the point of the story and anything that doesn't fit within that doesn't really matter. Like she gave us just enough that we didn't, you weren't like, wait, I don't know what's going on or why is this happening? But like never veers away from the characters and the love story. Mm-hmm. That's really, really cool. Well, and I, I don't know. I really like that she included the way that the guards were also clearly losing their humanity as well, mm. because I feel like one of the easiest choices could have been making all of the prisoners bad, and then the guards sort of the contrast to that, the foil. And I really like that she was like, no, no, it's not it's not different here. The prison industrial complex will get everyone. Mm. And I like that instead of making that guard like altruistic, it was self-interest. It was that he was attracted to her. Huh. 
Yeah. Which is I like, authentic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Abby's books. I feel like you haven't read Abby's books yet, have you, Mel? No, I haven't. So I feel like this is a good, like, crash intro course for, again, like, Mel takes the place of readers who yes. need their intro. So The Friend Zone was your first book. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay, so the friend zone is about a young woman who is struggling with infertility and she meets a man who who comes from a large family. He's got six sisters and he wants a large family and she knows that she can never give that to him. So she puts him in the friend zone. Mm. Um, So, yeah, it's a very angsty read. There's some twists and turns in that book. And then that book leads us into my second book, which is the Happy Ever After playlist, which they've picked up. They're developing for a movie. So that's very exciting. Yay. Shoot. That's great. Congratulations. It's so cinematic. Like, I think I I can't wait to see what they do with it. But that book picks up. um, The main character is grieving the death of her fiance from two years earlier. And she's driving to the cemetery. Like the first line of the book is like, do you want me to meet you at the cemetery? She's driving to the cemetery. Um, it's the two year anniversary of, of his accident. And a dog jumps through her sunroof. A oh, just like dive bombs on her, you know, through. Her <laughs> and the dog, she spends two weeks trying to find the dog's owner, can't get in touch with the guy, decides to keep the dog. And then two days after that, the owner calls her. He's been in Australia. He's a musician on tour. And he had no idea his dog was missing, never got the messages. And they end up, she ends up keeping the dog while he's on tour. And they start this back and forth, like this just really great back and forth texting and over the phone. And then he meets her and she finds out that he is a huge Grammy award-winning musician named Jackson Waters. So, um, and he didn't want to tell her, he like sandbagged it the whole time. Oh, wow. (laughs) Wanted her to get to know him, like the real him. So um, that's the second book. And then the third third book that just came out, which was my New York Times bestseller, my first New York Times bestseller. Um, The book is Life's Too Short. And that is about a young woman named Vanessa Price. And she has um, hereditary ALS that runs in her family. And Mm -hmm. she cannot get tested for the gene because they have not mapped the gene that causes it in her family. So she's lived her entire life knowing that she has a 50% chance of developing this fatal disease. Oh, wow. There's no cure for ALS. There's very few treatments. Um, It's a really Mm -hmm. great book in terms of awareness for ALS. Like if you've never heard of that disease, you know, I did a lot of research to make sure that things were accurate. And Mm -hmm. this has very much shaped who she is. She's She's like this live for the day person. You know, she just goes where the wind takes her. She doesn't save anything for later. She drinks the wine. She uses the fancy stuff. Um, you know, she's she's an inspirational YouTuber. That's her job. She travels. Okay. Travel vlogger and um, travels the world and people follow her because they just love her life mantra. Well, she meets her next door neighbor, Adrian, who is the exact opposite. Adrian is a um, criminal defense attorney. He does nothing but work. He does not take vacations. He puts everything off for later. He's like a plan everything kind of guy. And they end up falling in love with each other. And then he finds out that she could be dying. So how does he plan for that? Exactly. It's like, I always write when I write my heroes and my my heroines, um, I always ask myself, who is she and what kind of man does she need? And then I write that hero. And in this case, I actually knew Adrian from the Happy Ever After playlist. So I wrote the woman that he needed. 
And what he needed was somebody who was going to teach him how to live. Oh, so, um, I like that. that's my third book. All three are out right now. And then my fourth book is part of your world. And that comes out in April of next year. And that is a age gap, social gap romance. It's about a 28 year old small town carpenter who falls in love with a wealthy 37 year old doctor. Love it. You just family. And right. I was reading the synopsis last night and I was like, oh, <laughs> love it. Catnip. I'm very excited about it. Um, I love it. And it's got like this whole like royalty theme, underlying royalty theme. And there's a bit of maybe magic in the book. And it, it was so much fun to write. I was writing it like in the like the butthole of COVID. <laughs> I was like, I oh. want to write something fun. Like I want to write something that's maybe got a little bit of like mystery and magic in it and just something that's going to be like, that's going to be soup for my soul. So I did. Um, and that comes out next year. So I'm very excited about that one. Awesome. I might have cut you off when you were saying the title. It's called Part of Your World. Part of Your World. And yeah. I'm super excited for that one, Abby. The Disney nod is on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Um, she's yeah. a redheaded fish out of water. That's what she is. So, oh, I skipped aftercare. Oh, aftercare. Ooh, I oh, yeah. Aftercare. Okay, tell us everything, Abby. Um, have you guys watched Dirty John? No. Oh, yes. You've got to watch Dirty John. So it's true stories. Okay, and they are just banana balls. Yeah, banana. Just like the last episode of season one was so unreal. I thought we mm-hmm. were in a dream sequence for like 20 minutes. I was like, this is a dream sequence. This is an act. Mm-hmm. It is that bananas. It's bonkers. Yeah. Yeah. The first um the first season is about a con artist dude who basically finds his victims on um dating services and he'll like you know he does the classic narcissist love bomb insert yourself insert you know himself into your life separate you from your family and friends all that kind of thing and the woman that he targeted is i think the reason like that her story gets told is that she seems like other than being very privileged and naive she seems like she has it all together and so why would something like this happen to her? You know, like they asked that question several times. And the show is based off of a real, it was based off of a series of articles in the LA Times. And yes. This guy just like basically took these real stories and like wrote, you know, the series with them. And then they turned it into a show and they did such a good job with their show. If you look at actual photos, mm-hmm. the family that like went through what, this woman went through they matched the outfits they matched i mean they did a good Hmm. it's good it's real yeah the second season i was like there's no way that it's going to be better than the first one and it was it has christian slater and um, i think it was amanda pete Mm -hmm. life oh so good yeah it's it's very very good and i think both episodes or both seasons are available on on hulu i'm pretty sure Hmm. yeah all right i'm checking it out Okay, Jenny, what's your aftercare? Can mine be a song or like a musician? Of course. It's so random, but I was listening to Apple Music earlier and this musician came on and he's from Scotland and I'm from Scotland. So like anytime I hear a Scottish accent, my ears (laughs) perk up. And look, I'm not an internet historian. I don't do the TikTok. But from what I understand, he's the guy who started the sea shanty trend. Oh, God. Okay. Yep. Mm -hmm. So... 
His name is Nathan Evans, and I think he's only got like two songs out, like the well- Wellerman Sea Shanty one, and then he just released a single called Told You So, and they're just so like boppy and fun, and they make me happy, and they're now in my workout playlist, and I feel like they just fit that joyful theme that we keep talking about, like find the joy in the midst of the hellscape of the pandemic. Oh, I love that. I wrote it down. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. One, um, after like the whole sea, she, sea shanty craze came about, I was standing in my kitchen, and I thought to myself, I wonder if this will work. And so I said, Alexa, play sea shanties. <laughs> and <laughs> and Alexa, Did it work? No. Oh my gosh. Oh, my other Alexa heard it. Um, no, Alexa, stop! <laughs> oh, no. I'm screaming at her. Like every, all everybody's went off. Alexa, stop! <laughs> Whoops. Anyway, don't you dare cut this. <laughs> Apparently, it does work because that sounded a metric fuck ton like a sea shanty. Anyway, um, and so my my husband was standing next to me, and like after the robot was very very confused and told me she was very confused, <laughs> he like looked around the kitchen as if to be like, why isn't anyone else seeing this? And then he looked at me and he goes, "That is the whitest white girl shit you have ever done." <laughs> and I was like, "You're not wrong. <laughs> Guilty." <laughs> Oh, shit. Okay, mine is more in the vein of what Abby brought. I have discovered this podcast that is just, it's like the craziest stories. And so it's called Something Was Wrong. And it's all about like, like con, con people who will like get into relate like the first um season is all about this one dude who gets into relationship with this um this very religious woman and nothing is as it seems he doesn't have the job he says he has he doesn't have like like anything it's all smoke and mirrors and she almost married him and then the rest of the seasons are very very similar um the newest season is season 9 and um it's another it's another guy who, like, he claims to be a British billionaire and, like, somehow had $10 million in his account at one point and would, like, flash that around as, like, proof of who he was and all this kind of stuff. It's really good. It's not really an HEA unless you think, like, <laughs> they were caught. It's fine. We figured it out. <laughs> she didn't marry him. But, yeah, it's Nutter Butters. And it's so, like, I'm just hooked. Hooked on it. I knew this girl in college who pulled a thing like that. And then, like, since has had this banana balls life and, like, banana balls story and i can't it's that thing where like every now and again i find i have to go see what she's doing oh yeah because i'm like i wonder what happened to her like she claimed to be royalty she was from oh god somewhere in the middle east mm-hmm. and claimed she was like part of the royal family and would like tell people she couldn't do things because she had like princess duties oh and would like miss people's birthday parties and whatever no. and like made this big thing of it and then it like turned out she wasn't But then she was, like, dating this married man, and his wife killed him. No! So she got all, like, caught up in that court, and he, like, bought her an apartment, and it was just, like, all, just, like, one thing after another. And then she married this other really rich guy and had this, like, lifestyle blog. Just, like, 
those people just like continue to do crazy shit. Yeah. Yo, yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. Abby, where can our listener find you online? Because they need to follow you. Oh, I am everywhere. Um, I'm currently having a lot of fun on TikTok. Um, yeah, I've had I've had like some really very viral TikToks that have been so much fun. Um, because you're funny as shit, Abby. Yeah, you're <laughs> when my husband brought me tacos to the tube in the lake. That one went so viral. So viral. I was sitting in a tube in the lake this summer and my husband called me and was like, what do you want to eat? And I was like, well, I don't care, but I'm not getting out of this tube. So you can bring me food to the tube. And he <laughs> walks out, jumps in the water, wades over to me and then hands me tacos and a truly. And I shared that video and it went like super viral. And I was like, this is why I can write these incredible romance heroes because I have one. And <laughs> they exist. They do exist. Um, so I'm having fun on TikTok. I'm on um, Facebook. Probably the best place to connect with me would be in my Facebook group, just because mm-hmm. I do so many giveaways in there and it's just, I'm very interactive in there. So yes, join me there. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week for Soul Eater by Lily Main with Danny Lacey from the Black Chicklet podcast. Oh my God. If you like the show, leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people to find us. And if you're excited, tell some friends about us. Yeah. And actually, if you don't have Apple, we also have a profile over on Podchaser. So you can review us there as well. And like... Yes, I think it's like the future of podcast reviews. Anyway, <laughs> you can support us by heading over to the Temple of Defiant Joy on our website at bonkersromance.com slash temple. By joining, you support Jenny and I. You get the final episode of each month. Bonus content, like the fact that we're recapping Naked and Afraid of Love from the Discovery <laughs> Plus channel, which is bananas good. The Bonkers Book Club videos and so much more for as little as $5 a month. And you do get that Naked and Afraid of Love for $5 a month. Just saying. While you're on our website, you can use it to ask about our advertising rates, recommend books we should recap, and apply to be a spotlight author through the Bonkers Book Club. Follow us on Instagram for more fun over there. You can also find us on Twitter and TikTok. We're getting our TikTok going. And we are at Bonkers Romance. And we also have a Facebook group that is starting to get really glorious. It's called The Altar of Defiant Joy on Facebook. And in there, you can post crazy stuff. You can find book recs, whatever you want to do with it. Make it your own. And you can also email us your crazy stories, screenshots of crazy peen descriptions, anything (laughs) else you find at bonkersromance at gmail.com. So go enjoy your next Bonkers read. And remember... If kidnapping is your love language, romance novels are your safe space.